you know, for a lot of the brands, this is just one of their marketing activities. If it's just one of your marketing activities, you want to make sure you're allocating only a certain amount of time to this, just because there are other marketing activities you're doing, there are operations you're doing as a small business, as a founder, or as a company. So that's the one reason why you should like, you know, optimize for the time you're spending. And just creating content is your business. You know, if you're a content creator, you make money from sponsorships, or like, you know, you have community, and that's the only marketing activity you're doing, then go ham. What's up? And welcome to the Creator Economy Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Z Yuan, a digital marketer, content creator, and creator economy enthusiast. We're going to dive into the latest and best strategies on how to navigate the creator economy for your company or brand. Today's guest is a content creator and business owner with over half a million followers across TikTok and Instagram. Kusheng primarily talks about how to leverage technology to make marketing easier and more effective. His company has helped tech companies like Zapier explode using Reels and TikTok. Welcome, Kusheng. To the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks, C. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited. Wanted to have you on here because we're talking about content creation tips for busy people. Kusheng has such a huge following on Instagram and TikTok, and you're really good at content creation in general. So I'm really excited to sit down and talk all about this with you. And so tell the audience a bit more about your content. Absolutely. So I I consider myself as a generalist. Mm-hmm. I went to school for engineering, but didn't really specialize in a program just because I didn't really know what to do. And I didn't really want to tie myself to one topic just because I had a lot of interests. I'm sure a lot of people might be able to relate to this. Yeah, the uh, anti I just feel like they don't have any belonging. Yes. From that perspective, again, it goes back to like, you know, 2019, 2020 times when I wanted to build my own products, build a product manager. But uh, I realized that I don't have like a lot of those key skills. I went to school for engineering, but I don't really know like how to code really well. I, I didn't spend time doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love design. I, I think I understand the basics of it, but I'm not a designer by trade. Or like, you know, for social media as well. It's not something I grew up on. I didn't have any social media on my phone from 2014, 15 all the way up to like 2020. Really? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So always find ways to like, you know, leverage technology. And like the crazy part is we're living in this like golden age Mm -hmm. where no matter what you want to do, there's so many resources out there. And oftentimes like with the free plants for you to test and play that you could leverage to bridge that scale gap to be able to execute. So so like going back to your original question, so that's the content that I share, you know, helping other people discover those resources out there, the frameworks, the resources, the tools, and then how you can put those things together to solve a problem, even though either you don't have time or you don't have the scale or you feel like you don't have those, even though you might already have those. So yeah, so that's that's my content about helping marketers or entrepreneurs bridge their skill gaps and then mm-hmm. be able to execute. Yeah, it's definitely helped me. Like I find myself scrolling through Kushank's content all the time and then just like saving all of his reels and TikToks. Like, okay, I think I'm going to need this for next time. And I love how like you're always putting content in a way where people can actually use it right away. A lot of people, they share a lot of information where it's just like list of things to do or like list of things to download. But then Kushank actually goes through and like takes the effort to show them, okay, this is how you pair like this software with that one. You show the usage so it makes it easier for us to conceptualize it. Thank you. Yeah. Good to, good to hear that feedback. I guess the content is worth it. Yeah. How do you come up with content ideas? So a lot of my content ideas stem from like one, like the research I do. So I do spend a lot of time every day just reading. I have a lot of newsletters that I've subscribed to. Then I just, you know, spend time on certain forums, like a few subreddits. And then just also like I'm very aware of what's happening in the tech industry. It's one of the habits I caught up 
when I was transitioning from like consulting to product management. So I was really looking at what everybody else is building in the tech and software space, and then really trying to like dissect, like, you know, why are they building this? You know, what purpose are they trying to solve here? I spent roughly about two hours every day, just researching and reading and all that stuff sort of helps, gives me like a lot of big resource pool. Mm. And then with the resource pool and any problems I see personally or I come across, then that just helps me create that content idea. So for example, let's say I'm reading this blog post. So I was like, okay, you know, this title, like this topic right here, that's a good content piece. I'll put that into my notes. And when I'm like planning on the content for the week, then I could see that like how this content idea could turn into like my content idea for my audience in a way. So that's how I sort of approach the content creation or ideation phase. Mm. If you will. Okay, I love that. Are there any like templates or video structures that you use to create your content that makes things a bit easier or like process a bit more seamless? I guess there there is, even though like I sort of look at every piece of content individually and see what would be the best way to represent it. Mm -hmm. um, but if I have to think about it, we can probably like kind of categorize in various styles. Mm. One style is where I just leverage the music. Mm -hmm. If we can just do those translations or you can change frames at the beat drop, it's kind of like if you can make your visuals and the music dance together, like a mm -hmm. choreography. Yeah. Um, so that really pops out. I think a lot of my videos have done well because of that. And then mm -hmm. they use the music. But yeah, so where I would have a music and just have a text on screen, a sort of style of videos, that's an easy one for me to execute. The other one is where I'm starting off with talking to the camera first, and then I'm just showing my screen and walking through the stuff I'm talking about, just because a lot of my content involves a lot of different apps and tools. Mm -hmm. So it's just a lot easier to show with the screen versus just me explaining, you know, we are visual learners after all. Where do you do your editing and like your actual post-production? I create my content in TikTok first. That's when I first try creating content. So it's always like, obviously it's most native in terms of feeling. That's where I find all my sounds. So like, you know, we'll have my sounds saved there. So it's just much easier to start that way. For a lot of the production either happens and we use CapCut mm -hmm. um, to yeah, edit the videos if something that requires like, you know, a little bit more editing than just what TikTok can offer. Yeah, I love that. And CapCut is also, it's free to use is one of the first things I love about it. And it's owned by TikTok itself. So then a mm -hmm. lot of these features that they have inside CapCut, you can also have on TikTok. So it's very native looking, which often does really well on the TikTok alg algorithm when the video you're posting doesn't look edited, actually looks like it's from TikTok. So that's like a little hack too that I tell a lot of my clients to just like cap cut it's so easy yeah I think they're pushing a lot of templates mm -hmm. on TikTok as well where to be able to like create the same templates like Instagram but they direct you to go to cap cut mm -hmm. and they have the templates that are pre-built for you to just plug and play your videos and like it has, does everything for you yeah and one thing that like I really like about cap cut too is that you can have a desktop version what I do is I literally download the app on my iPad and then I just edit on my iPad and then I'm not like bending over with my neck lining it and then like with my hand just kind of jumping up. So now I just do everything on my desktop or like my iPad, but using CapCut. And that has saved me a lot of time, but also made my posture a lot better too. Yes. And also your thumb. I feel like we need a thumb insurance. Yeah. I think uh, there's an opportunity right there if anyone wants to pursue that. Thumb only insurance for yeah. content creators or anyone uses their phone a lot. I might look into that buying myself. Yeah, actually though. Yeah, I think CapCut, you know, the desktop version is great. The only thing, the only thing that's missing right now, I really hope they make it available soon. Even if it's paid, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Hey, product managers at CapCut, you're listening, I'll pay for it. Making it cloud available. 
Mm, yeah. Then imagine if you could start editing on your phone, then you just switch to your laptop or you like ask your team member to edit or work on the same project. Mm -hmm. That would be game changing. Yeah, it would. And I wouldn't have to like download it and then airdrop it to like my phone or go somewhere else. So I actually did a poll asking a lot of the listeners if they had any questions because they knew I was interviewing you. And then one of the audiences, Vanessa, she asked, how do you plan out your content to make sure you're always posting consistently? Because one of the, I think one of the hardest challenges people face, especially when they're running businesses or they're running other things and social media isn't their full-time job is, you know, having enough content to post consistently or post enough that they're keeping a presence on there. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I've struggled that for a little bit in the past, like when I was going through a bit of a you know, burnout in a bit of a rut. However, the way I do it is like one, I have a Chrome extension with Zapier where I have like, you know, linked to my content calendar. So anytime I have an idea, I'm browsing internet and I come up with something, mm. I just quickly type it in there and it adds to my idea board. So that way I have lots of things, all my ideas like in one place, less scatterbrain. Sometimes I use my phone to text myself, you know, if I'm just like not on my computer. So that's where like I would bring like all my ideas onto one single canvas, if you will, to kind of keep everything together. And then since I actually have like a lot of ideas. So then at the start of the week, I will just look into like, okay, what do we need to post? So I'll just put my content for seven days. I would still have random ideas spread out through the calendar, mm -hmm. but then I would have any sponsored posts. So I'll make sure that those are marked with certain dates. And then I would have my other posts just around those, just from a content idea board, just on my calendar. So I use a calendar view to make sure I have something on the days I want to post. For the past two, three weeks, I've been posting every day. I think that's the plan for at least next two to three months as well. Nice. Posting every day, one video every day. Yeah, so that's how I sort of like go about just planning the content. The other thing I've done now to help me sometimes like, you know, create faster mm -hmm. is when I was taking a break, I was traveling a little bit. So I've taken like clips here and there, like a lot of those clips that I could use quickly now. So let's say, you know, I'm not like, I'm just wearing my, the trashiest clothes ever. And like, you know, lights going bad or whatnot. And now is my, you know, like scheduled time to create content. So do not let that discourage me or have me procrastinate. I'm just using my older clips and just putting those together to help me create the content. I have even recycled a few of those clips and same videos. I don't think anyone has noticed, you know, mm -hmm. if they do, it doesn't matter. They're still getting value knowledge mm -hmm. for free. So that's another thing that I've been trying to do instead of being, having my phone on or recording myself every day mm -hmm. uh, on camera, trying to like just create a bunch of random clips, which I know I can use. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. I actually use that. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't batch create though. That's, I know a lot of people do say like batch creation is good. You know, it's, it's useful. But I have tried batch creating, but it just doesn't work for me. I feel like, okay, I need to hit this number of videos or I feel like if I just don't feel like creating content that day, then I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm off the schedule now. What do I do now? Mm -hmm. So I just create like one video per day and I schedule like one, one to one and a half hour to make sure that's a dedicated time where I'm going to get that done. There are so many gems in everything that you've just said. Because like Shango's traveling a lot, but then he's always so consistent with his postings. So I'm like, isn't he in Mexico right now? Like, like, how is he posting all this content? And so what he does too is like you just batch film rolls, right? That you can like repurpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, essentially. Oh, that's so smart. So yeah, like we're at a coffee shop doing some working. And then after our session was over, he was like, oh, can you take a footage with me just like working? And then use that for the opening of a video after. That's what I've been trying to do more often. So far, I feel like it's been a good success. Mm, yeah, I like it. And it's nice because you're just like having that mindset of always creating rather than setting a set time to create. 
more thinking of it like documenting your everyday or like documenting your journey. I feel like that mindset would help because a lot of the times a lot of creators or like business owners, they get stuck in the mindset of, oh, I need to create content for posting on social media, things like that. And then you have to set aside a time. But then if like a meeting runs over or something comes up, you're like, oh, now I feel like a failure for not, you know, actually creating those five videos that I have promised. So what Kusheng does is actually just like films a lot of footage that he can use as B-roll. And then what I do too is like on my phone, I actually have like album saved in my photos where it's just like B-rolls of me like pointing or like B-rolls of me, I don't know, just going for walks or things like that. And then whenever I have Instagram stories that I want to be posting, I usually do like a daily to-do list on my Instagram story. So then I can just pull up a photo that I took like of my cat or like of me when I had my makeup on and then use those. And it saves a lot of time from me getting ready in the morning, taking the photo. Cause most of the time <laughs> I'm just like no makeup, pajamas. So it's not very like Instagram glamorous type of content. So I just go through my camera roll, look through my B-roll album and then take those footage or like photos I've already made. I love that. For the album, I love that idea. Mm -hmm. Do you manually move those photos to the albums or do you just go to album and then like there's a way to open camera and add content directly there? For example, I just went on a walk before our call and I was just taking some photos of the water going up and down. And then I thought, okay, that could be a really good background to use for a reel where I put like a quote on top of it or that could be like B-roll footage. So then I just go and uh, save it to like add to albums. And then that way I have all of my B-roll just in an album on my phone. Mm -hmm. That's that's a smart idea. I should do that because right now I have to, when I'm like looking for like videos or, you know, photos just from my from a feed, I have to like scroll, 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 trying to figure out, okay, was it that one or was it that one? Uh, That's simple, but smart. Yeah, I do this with a lot of my clients too. Like these are, you know, client A's B-roll footages or like these are client A like pointing or and with like YouTube too, like when we're taking thumbnails, a lot of the times people forget to take thumbnails when they're filming YouTube videos. And then afterwards you're like, oh, I should have took some photos, you know? So then what we do is we just have a thumbnail library too saved in a google drive and it's just them like pointing or like in shock like you know like the clickbait ones and then we just take those and then send the same photos to the graphic designer or video editor and then they can just reuse those photos again and again mm -hmm. no that's a smart idea taking notes here i'm glad i'm glad i'm learning so much from you as well are there any automations or ai sites you recommend to make content creation easier because nowadays like so much you can do with ai so are there any recommendations or workflows that you've been trying out that you thought it would be good to share for sure before i share the workflows i use i want to mention that it's really easy to get caught up with what you can do and then just getting distracted because half the time like you don't even need to do those things even if it does look like a good idea it may not be a good idea for you what i mean by that is like you know right now you know with everybody's talking about like ai this technology has been on for three years it's only just gone widely mainstream in the past month and now everyone's like okay i need to i'm going to use this for this for this for this but that's actually probably going to end up hurting you because you're going to be even diving deeper into the information overload mm. than we already are. So the way we think about, or like I think about the workflows and automations is in terms of like, so it's part of my daily journaling routine where like, you know, I have like certain set of questions that I ask, like answer just to kind of reflect on my day. And one of those questions is what is something that I could automate or streamline better? The reason here is that now I'm going from problem approach versus like I have a hammer, everything is a nail surf approach. So what that allows me to do is to one, reflect on my day and two, where, what were the times, what were the scenarios where I wasted some time, which I think 
could be automated. So that being said, there are really like really two big systems that we use. One is, you know, when we're working with our social media clients, when we're creating content. So it's a system we have built on top of Airtable where I basically upload the video from my phone, add my captions and my hashtags, and then the video file is added from my phone. Mm -hmm. And then the client gets a notification, like, you know, I just posted a new video for them to approve. And they have a view of their dashboard where they can literally see all the videos in the left pane. And then like, you know, they can download the video file. And then there's a section for each video where they can just add a comment. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, can, they can tag me like, hey, Kershank, you know, let's change this. Or, or before I upload or when I upload, I, I'd say like, hey, client, you know, this is why I did this video. So that way, instead of juggling Google Drive, Google Sheets, mm -hmm. a lot of emails back and forth, our whole communication and approval process is super streamlined. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they're happy with the video, all they have to do is hit approve. There's a button there and it sends me a notification. Hey, the video was approved and it's added to a calendar, which is like only for approved videos. So I can just put my content calendar and my approved calendar together to see like, Hey, this video is not approved yet. I'm just going to follow up within the system. So that's one of the bigger systems that we have built to solve a lot of those workflow problems. Mm -hmm. The other one is basically kind of like managing our internal, like the CRM. So again, with the same Chrome Zapier's Chrome extension, which I talked about, every time I get a lead, I just manually add details to my CRM and it's there. And then, you know, I have some Slack alerts, you know, every week I get a recap of where the status is of anything that's an evaluation proposal negotiation. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm going to lose, you know, my site on, you know, follow-ups on those leads and I'm just marking them accordingly, like, you know, not qualified last year. So that way I'm keeping track of like all my leads that are coming in and making sure I'm following up appropriately. And once we close something, you know, it automatically sends them a form for them to collect any tax information. And then once we have the tax information, we select the package and it sends notification to my brother to generate an invoice for them. And then like it, it also creates a draft in my emails to send that invoice email mm -hmm. along with the task in my notion board. Mm -hmm. So everything is like, you know, is all streamlined that way. Those are like wow. two big systems that we have built just, you know, refining every day. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm spending too much time doing this. Let's see if we can figure this out that we have refined over time to streamline our workflows. And like I said earlier, the more tools you start using, you know, mm -hmm. it's going to make things a little more complicated. So you want to like, so we're sticking to like, you know, Zapier, Notion, Airtable as our three big platforms for like our systems and automations. Uh, I love how much you can do with so few softwares. And it seems like you have so many things automated already. That's so smart. Yeah, I do want to mention that I didn't do all that myself. So I do have a team. So I have uh, someone, you know, working with us on the marketing operation side. So it helps me because they're well trained in this sphere. So I just tell them this is what we need to do. And they're the one executing. Mm -hmm. So that does help me quite a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. Having a team, especially when you're creating content is so important. And for a lot of the founders too, like you're just starting out, you're like face of the startup or you're representing the startup or you're a service-based entrepreneur. Things where you have to put yourself out there, be the face, it almost becomes really overwhelming to have to do everything yourself, like film the content, come up with the ideas, edit the videos, posting, commenting, engaging. Those can add up to a lot of time and you still have a business to run. And so never overlook importance of outsourcing. What can you actually outsource in this entire process? I know we talked a lot about AI tools or sites that you can use, and those are all ways to save you time, but also like old fashioned, like what can I, you know, hand over to someone else to do for me? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, 
if anyone's jumping into business, the goal is to not work more than nine to five. If anything, the goal is to get to a stage where the business could run itself and it's not going to run itself on systems. You would need still people like a team you can rely on team mm -hmm. that operates actually better than you would operate. That's a team you would want. Exactly. You know, for a lot of the branch, a lot of people, this is just one of their marketing activities. If it's just one of your marketing activities, you want to make sure you're allocating, you know, only a certain amount of time to this, just because there are other marketing activities you're doing, there are operations you're doing as a small business, as a founder, or as a company. So that's one reason why you should like, you know, optimize for the time you're spending. And then if you're, you know, just creating content is your business, you know, if you're a content creator, you make money from sponsorships or like, you know, you have community and that's the only marketing activity you're doing, then go ham as, as long as, you know, you don't burn out. So that's another thing to worry about, right? Like if you're just spending too much time and then the more content you create, the more comments that you have to respond, the more DMs you have to respond in an ideal situation, which you would want, which just adds up work. I've been seeing lately as I've been trying to increase my community engagement. Now I'm like spending a lot more time than I used to and just like my DMs and comments which sometimes, you know, it's just like, it's tiring. It's, it's not easy because, you know, you want to make sure whatever you say is said in the best way possible, just because it's out of the public. It's, it's your brand image. It's who you are and, you know, what mm -hmm. you're representing. And then you're, you're representing a voice and you're speaking to a lot of people, you're impacting a lot of people. Are you still replying to comments by yourself or is there people helping you with that? I'm doing all of that by myself. And there's a good reason for it because I want to understand what are the mm -hmm. questions people are asking. That's going to help serve them better. So I don't think... I would ever outsource that piece. No, no. There are other pieces I could potentially outsource, but like replying to comments and engaging in the comments or with the DMs, I'll probably like, you know, keep it to myself. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think finding out what works best for your workflow, for your brand is important. A lot of people creating the content often get stuck on the captions part. So is there any tips on how you can write captions? What's your workflow? Oh, I don't think I'm the best person to answer this one. I feel like I'm pretty bad at the captions myself. I see like captions from other people like Danielle, Kelsey, uh, okay, like those captions are like fire. I was like, how much time did you spend on those captions? Yeah, and they're like so long and in-depth and personal. Right? It's it's crazy. I just keep it simple for now. Like either I'm just sort of like adding a bit more detail to the content. Just, you know, or maybe if my video sometimes a little too fast for the audio. So I'll just, you know, write it out so people can read it and absorb the content better. Or I just say like, save it for later. I mentioned a lot of like my content is like savable. So I'll just like do a quick call to action, mm -hmm. save it for later, add like one emoji just for like a bit of recognizability mm -hmm. that one I kind of like keep it consistent and then just put a few hashtags there on Instagram. And I guess same on TikTok too. Yeah, I think it, it doesn't matter too, too much depending on like the brand that you have and like your brand tone, your brand voice. Because some people, long captions might suit their brand better, but for others, like might not. And then also just like trying to think about how we can optimize it too. Like for me, AI has been helping me a lot with captions because I'm not a caption writer either. <laughs> I was a history major, so like I'm good at writing long essays. But then when it comes to writing captions, I always get writer's block and write them. But then whenever I write it, it takes me a long time. I'm just like sitting in front of the computer just thinking, okay, yeah. what should I write? And so one thing that has been super helpful is having the AI help like ChatGPT or even Canva. Lee, I've been playing around with Canva and they came out with a, like a Google Docs version of Canva doc. Mm -hmm. And there's a feature on there where you can actually use AI to help you with content captions. Say, for example, provide me five tips on how to change oil from a car. And it'll literally pump out all of these tips for you to talk about. And even for our podcast episode today, 
I was thinking, okay, what should I ask Hushank today for our podcast? Instead of spending 30 minutes like trying to brainstorm, what if I just ask AI to help me come up with some ideas? And so I literally just put in the topic of today's video, easy content creation tips for busy people. And all of these points came up and I was like, oh, these are really good points that I can take and adjust into questions to ask. And so that has helped me with my workflow so much when it comes to like getting things. And then also another thing that we we're talking about too, like having call to actions, I thought that was so smart too and a way to automate it or like get more systemized is to just have a bunch of call to actions that you can always use and then rotate them like you can just put it in like a doc called like call to action doc and then just rotate the call to action so that you're not always having to retype the same stuff oh that's that's a good idea just having a few i should experiment with changing it up a little bit yeah what i did too with a client in the past too is like had an entire like spreadsheet just with her different call to actions for like different products that she was selling and then we would rotate it based on the post because a lot of the times like you're posting each post has a different goal it could be to mm -hmm. create brand awareness to generate like leads for the lead magnets or it could be to sell their or to get engagement. So we just kind of play around with the different call to actions. And it was really helpful to have it all in one place where you can just like copy and paste stuff. Yeah, it's a really good advice here to try and like just have a record of a lot of call to actions. And it works too if you have a team that's helping you out. So like everyone's mm -hmm. days aligned and help yeah. you set expectations. And your content seems on brand because you're using similar call to actions in every video. Yeah, exactly. I think like when people think about automations, they think about really big things they have to adjust, like, like content batching or things like that. But a lot of the times, like the small tweaks can actually save you a lot of time too in the long run. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, just got to identify what those things are and just start doing it one at a time. Eventually, you have like the system, which is going to sound super complicated to someone else, but it's just basically small things done over time and put mm -hmm. together. It doesn't hurt to start now and just like experiment. Yeah. And you learn new things. And yeah. that's also more content ideas for your audience. It feels like, hey, here's how I did this or save time this much. If you're ever curious about the processes that Kushank was talking about, make sure to go check out his page because he literally breaks down in his videos, like step by step, like a lot of the workflows that he does. So it's definitely worth checking out. Thanks for the shout out, Z. Thanks so much, Kushank. It was a pleasure to have have you on the show. Thanks so much. It was so nice to be here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Creator Economy Survival Guide podcast. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and had a lot of takeaways. If you've made it this far, I want to know who you are. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram at its.ziyuan so I can say thank you. I'll catch you in the next one.